Soft Extreme. Whether you need an AEG rifle, a gas blowback rifle, or a gas blowback pistol, Airsoft Extreme is the place to go. Try them out and to buy them. Airsoft Extreme carries all the major brands of guns, tactical gear, BBs, whatever it is you need to play, go to Airsoft Extreme. So the only thing you need to remember is AirsoftExtreme.com. Dr. Airsoft's here. He's done a number of online blogs about uh, iPro safety gear, airsoftmedicine.com. So, yeah, give him a round of applause. Yeah! Who's missing their field uh, guard? Welcome to the Airsoft Medicine Podcast. This is the first actual Airsoft Medicine Podcast recorded as an Airsoft Medicine Podcast, not for someone else's. This is Dr. Mark Vaughn, sometimes called Dr. Airsoft. And with me, I have Range Master Larry. Welcome. And, and this is our debut. Debut. Oh, de- <laughs> debut. <laughs> when you say that to a doctor, it sounds like it's supposed to be like a buttectomy. <laughs> no, no. I- all right. No thanks. Yeah, that's uh, that was just the way I had in mind of starting the whole series. Or yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> or okay. off to roar. Okay, so uh, first, I guess we need to tell people what this is. Uh, many people listening to this have probably listened to the twelve previous Doctor Airsoft segments that were done on the other podcast. And this podcast by itself is kind of like the Doctor Airsoft segment. We'll focus certainly on uh, iPro protection, safety, and airsoft, but also venture into a little bit more, you know, before we did the segment on the airsoft battlegrounds when we played there. Yeah. Describe that. So we, we, we can venture out from the safety and protection issues a little bit. We just use that as a nexus to get into other things. Th- that's actually what we've done with this whole airsoft medicine things. Well, it, first it, we annex the Sudetenland yeah. and the next thing you know, we're rolling into Poland and you know, then we're marching in Paris, Laos, Cambodia. Right. Anyway, we're, we're, we're just darn glad to be here with you in the airsoft community, Pakistan, you don't have to pronounce it that way. That, that's pretentious. It's Pakistan. <laughs> and and as far as you or your family knows, we're not in that country. We are not. I'll keep asking. Yeah. And you'll keep, and, uh, I'll, you'll keep, and I'll keep denying it. Yeah. yeah. We're not actually in Pakistan. No. This is uh, not to be confused with the other general airsoft podcasts. And there's some good ones out there. And I'll go ahead and throw out names. I'm not afraid to. Uh, I strongly encourage people to listen to CQB Radio. Good Carp. one. Airsoftology, Jonathan and, and Steve and the guys, OPSEC Radio Airsoft and Gorilla Airsoft Radio. Uh, those are kind of the main ones that are regular. And I see us as not trying to be another one of those, but being different. Being, we're, we're irregular. Yeah, you don't want... <laughs> well, here we are in a doc, in, a recording in a doctor's office and I'm complaining about being irregular. <laughs> what do you recommend, Dr. Airsoft? Well, you know, I, I recommend Metamucil. Okay. You're a, you're and don't a, get the cheap stuff. It stings. <laughs> Just, okay. Let's not get too far off the track here. Okay. Uh, basically, what you're saying is our thing is going to be anything related to airsoft uh, medically. Medically, safety, protection. We, we've got that. So don't stop listening to all those other podcasts you're listening to. No. Listen to us in addition to them. And we'll be doing product reviews of safety things. And Absolutely. Well, what, what do we want to talk about now? Anything in the news, perhaps? You know, that's interesting. A lot of the airsoft shows have a news segment. Mm-hmm. And of course, when we did our uh, radio show, Medically Speaking Radio, there'd always be medical news we were talking about. Mm-hmm. By the way, those of you who haven't listened to Medically Speaking Radio, any of those podcasts, Larry would always, in the news segment, well, I wouldn't say always, but maybe every other show, 
come up with something about chocolate and how it's good for you. It is, and I think chocolate is probably going to be the official food of the airsoft community before long. <laughs> okay. But we actually have something that is current news in airsoft, and that's that story in Fort Wayne, Indiana from December 22nd, 2010. Didn't Wayne's World come from Fort Wayne, Indiana? Isn't that where they broadcast from? I, th- I thought they were Aurora. Ah, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I've I've confused. I just uh, impressed myself pulling that wow, one out. Wow, that was good. You're right. Fort See? Wayne. Metamucil. <laughs> it allows you to pull things right out. <laughs> All right. Enough of that. Okay. Well, this- uh, also, unlike our medical show, Medically Speaking Radio, this podcast probably won't be listened to by my parents. Oh, so we can say bad words? <laughs> well, we were no, because I didn't say we were explicit. Right, we're not going to do that. And we'll leave that to a couple of the other podcasts that are out there. Yeah, yeah, we, we don't do that. We don't roll that way. Your kids can listen to this. Yeah, and that's another thing. I, I do want to uh, be appropriate for... Uh, all audiences. Non-adult yes, players. The, the, the following preview is rated for all audiences. The future of Airsoft. That's right. You know, if you, if you Google Airsoft and... What's, po- go- what's Google. It's, it's, it's a search engine, my friend, it's, which has su- suddenly become a verb. I'm not endorsing anything. If you use your favorite search engine, whatever it might be, and you search there, on there the- There is any other? Search on the terms airsoft and police, this brings you into a safety issue. This one is, like you mentioned Fort Wayne, Indiana. This is from the Fort Wayne Journal-Gazette. Headline says, man points replica gun at cops, comma, gets killed. That's the beautiful thing about headlines. It, you know, it's all right there for you. You don't even have to read the rest of the article. You know what happens. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unpack this one for you. Fort Wayne, Indiana. A man brandishing a replica gun made to look like a real pistol was shot to death by a Fort Wayne officer Monday afternoon after he pointed the gun at officers in the duplex where he lived, police said. Now, Monday afternoon, this, was, uh, this is actually from December 22nd, 2010. So the, it, it goes on to say what the guy's actions were. The pistol was actually a plastic plastic that is to say plastic, airsoft-type gun designed to look like a Walther P99. And then they explain for people who just read the paper and don't know doodly about guns, it, that it is a semi-auto handgun made by a German company, which probably really is uh, licensed by Smith & Wesson or something. But anyway, with the Walther name etched on its barrel and handle. So apparently whoever manufactured said gun has got the naming rights. Actually, the I rights. believe Umarex has the rights to the Walther name. Could be. Now, then they further explain to the non-savvy public, the non-airsoft-savvy public, that these guns typically shoot plastic pellets and are considered non-lethal. Considered non-lethal? What? <laughs> well, I suppose if you worked real hard, you could... <laughs> you, know? you know what that reminds me of? And you, yeah. you're, you may not know about this. Yeah. The uh, BATF... Yeah, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. And Explosives. Oh, and Explosives. The name just keeps getting longer and longer. Well, it's like the four major food groups... <laughs> They uh, confiscated a whole load of WE gas M4s in Tacoma, Washington at the port. And they're saying that they can be modified with a reasonable amount of effort to fire actual guns or be used uh, to fire actual rounds. So, yeah, like putting an actual barrel and an actual bolt and, you know. Now, anybody who listens to the regular Airsoft podcast, this is not news to them. This, right. I don't know, maybe happened a year ago, but. So there is this concept out there that airsoft's dangerous or bad because well, of yeah, but you're talking that about with, and, and now this story. You're talking about with major modifications, though. Oh, I'm not going to get into that you know, so, because so, that's, that's been hashed and rehashed. Right, so, but, but we, so, so it's a plastic gun, right? 
Now, five officers, including a supervisor, responded to the scene. The officers went to the second floor apartment and knocked. The man answered, holding the gun. This is the airsoft gun. Can we just stop right there with telling people what not to do? Well, no, I think they can see this picture. I want them to see a picture of how not to live. Answered the door, holding the gun. Police told him to drop the weapon, but he did not. Then, says this officer, the man raised the gun and pointed it at the officers. Plural, officers, plural. And um, then now this officer takes a little sight and says, it's kind of hard to tell whether these guns are real from a distance. Heck, it's hard to tell if they're real sometimes if you're holding them right in your hand, you know. But after the man raised the gun, at least one officer shot him with a taser. Now, that—that's to me, that's the, the shocking and amazing part of the story. Because, frankly, I, you know, most officers are going to cut loose. I was going to say, that's a lot of restraint. At almost the same instant, another officer fired his handgun at the man, hitting him once. It doesn't say where he was hit, but he died. So, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a bummer. Now, that, that's out of... Now, most of your airsoft players are going to say, well, look, yeah, that guy acted completely stupidly, you know? Yeah. The cops yeah. show up to a report of man with a gun, and then they tell him to put it down, and he throws down on him. You know, yeah. what do you think is going to happen? Now, how many people's lives are ruined from that? Well, well, obviously, the guy who's killed, his family, yeah, the poor officer who now knows that he shot someone who didn't have a real gun, doing his job. I don't fault him at all for the action he took, given the circumstance he was in. No. But now he has to live with that. Right. Okay. Now, most of our listeners, though, are going to go, well, look, you know, you guys, I, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to you know, pull my gun on, on the cops. That's just plain stupid. I would never pull something like that. Well, let me, let me read you another story that's even probably more likely to happen. This one's out of Odessa, Texas. Odessa, Texas. I thought you were going to say, save the cheerleader, save the world. <laughs> no. Odessa police officers were called out to a report of possession of a firearm. Um, well, so it, t- it gives the address, bringing a mobile crime lab and several vehicles. So everybody's brother showed up to that one. It's been a slow day in Odessa. When the officers stopped the vehicle outside of uh, this cleaners, they found seven or eight rifles and pistols in the trunk. The gun that was initially spotted by the caller turned out to be an airsoft gun. Uh, and other guns were all secured in the trunk of the car. Now, the caller said the person's shirt was blown upwards by the wind, at which point they saw the gun, which turned out to be an airsoft gun, and from a distance, the caller saw the gun, mistook it for a real one, and called the police. Now, that's just a... Nobody got hurt over this. The guns in the trunk, as it turns out, were in fact real guns, but in the great state of Texas, these these lads were going off... They were going hunting. The, The guns were safely locked in a trunk, no sweat, and so the cops let him go. I mean, no harm, no foul. There's no nothing here. But what it is is a huge nuisance to the police. They don't, they don't need to spend their time chasing around on these nuisance calls. And they're also coming, like in the Fort Wayne call, they're coming with their hackles up because it's, it's a man with a gun call. And people get a little, little twitchy when that happens. And, you know, these, these, these stories just abound. One, one final one I'll give you. Phoenix Police... This is, this is, Phoenix police are concerned by the popularity of Airsoft. Now, I'll skip through most of this, but it basically says, you know, gives a little background on Airsoft, but right to the meat of the article. Before Christmas, police issued warnings to the public to use caution with Airsoft rifles for fear of being mistaken as an unidentified gunman carrying a deadly weapon. Said this cop, generally, we tell people if the police come, I'm sorry, this is actually the Airsoft store owner. 
Generally, we tell people if the police come, put it down and walk away. And, you know, good reason. They go on to say that from a distance, officers can mistake the toys for actual assault rifles, putting them in a situation where the person holding the gun could be shot if the officer feels that they, that they refuse to obey a command to, to drop the weapon. So, put it down, walk away. Don't do anything that could be uh, Don't like even provoking. have them in public. Yeah. Now, I went to this one game that was advertised on the internet in a airsoft group. It took place in a public park, and the area where the guys parked before they went over a levee to go play in the play area, they were firing, test firing their guns where everybody else was parking to go for a walk, and then they were playing in a public park. Right. Just blows me away. Yeah, you, I, you, you I kept mine locked in the trunk the whole time. And I actually videotaped it. Someday I may show it to all you YouTube followers of the Auburn Medical Group channel. But, uh, wow, that just blew me away. I was very uncomfortable with that. Get, yeah, get yourself a gun carrier of some kind. Yeah. I mean, it can be yeah. an old suitcase. I don't care. Just a guitar. I've seen people use guitar cases. Whatever it takes, just cover the darn thing up. Use a gunny sack. And go to a game that's not on a public park. Well, we do need to let people know that uh, this is a, a real podcast. Uh, they can find out about information on it at airsoftmedicine.com. And we now have email addresses. Mine is mark at airsoftmedicine.com. And mine would be larry at airsoftmedicine.com. Yeah, it is. So if, if people have suggestions about what they'd like to hear on the show in keeping with the whole safety and protection theme. Well, it's time to... Uh Move on to other things. Okay. How about we get on to our much-anticipated report on Red Rain 2? October 2010. Communist forces have invaded the California city of Marina, bringing with them a terrifying chemical weapon codenamed Red Rain. After two days of intense fighting with heavy losses on both sides, as well as on the majority of the civilian population of Marina, California, U.S. forces are able to capture the Red Rain weapon. Both U.S. and Communist forces are reinforced by battle-hardened veterans in preparation for renewed fighting. Amidst these preparations, civilians of Marina, California have slowly returned to reestablish their lives and businesses, unaware of the maelstrom that is to come. This is not an actual battle. Nor is it a prank in the vein of Orson Welles' War of the Worlds broadcast. It is the script of an airsoft scenario game conducted by Roundhouse Productions at the now-abandoned Fort Ord Army Base in California. The Blue Force attired in U.S. ACU or MARPAT digital camo, and the Red Force dressed in woodland pattern camo gear. Some players came as Russian Spesnats forces. Sean, I see you're you're all rigged out in the Russian uniform. You were with the Red Forces. What, explain your uniform. We got this uh, blue and white striped undershirt under there. What's what's all that about? Well, well, this is uh, we're using U.S. Woodland Assembly because it was easiest to get hold of. We unfortunately could not get floral. So your Every, outside cover is U.S. Yeah, but uh, inside we decided to do a kind of resembling uh, Russian VDV, which would be paratroopers. So we went to RedSoldier.com where they sell uh, these light blue VDV shirts, which a little research shows that's apparently the only shirts BDV wore underneath and um, these bluish almost teal berets and looking around for Russian pins we couldn't find uh, current modern stuff so we decided to go a little communist you know a little got the hammer sickle on it a little eight, late 80s you know it's all good many players came great distances to play at Fort Ord 
including over a dozen Canadian players. And what part of Canada are you from? Calgary. Calgary, Alberta. And did you guys fly down or drive? Or? You flew down. Yep. Just for this game? Just for this game, yeah. yeah. What other? We have one, one member from BC as well. Sorry, John. <laughs> to make the event as enjoyable as possible for all, organizers conducted a training session on Friday afternoon providing instruction in urban warfare tactics. Alpha is going to cover all potential threat angles so the Bravo can get across the road. So the first guy, what he's going to do in this instance, and you have to change this for every corner because every corner is unique, but in this instance, first guy is going to come down, take a knee, and cover down long out here. So he's got the two doorways down there, plus the, the rest of the space over here and that next corner down so he can cover down that angle. This hard angle down here, we're going to, on the far end of this building, we're just we're gonna leave that open. We're gonna trust the distance and speed to help save us as we get across here. Stream straight across the street, fast as they can. Don't stop for nothing. And get to your next piece of cover or get into your building. Don't stop. You lose guys, don't stop. You get them later. Okay? The way this game's playing out is that you got five minutes for guys to bleed out. We'll go get them later. Not a big deal. Uh, if you do get hit and you're in the front, take that step off to the side, and get out of the way because the train's coming. There was also instruction in tactical building entry. So what we're going to do is get everybody set up for assaulting buildings. So we're going to break that down by squads, and then we're going to, so half squads will be... Players included former military personnel who shared their knowledge with others. But your responsibility is this corner, my responsibility is that corner. Correct. And everybody's responsibility and then is down throw, the Yeah, and then you guys throw the grenades in, so you guys I'll, throw the... Honestly, even throw grenades in beforehand, so well, like, yeah, that boom, boom. And then you're going back in there and clear, make sure that the grenade is where it's supposed to There is also the inevitable telling of war stories. Oh, the good one was the one that closed a door on me with a live grenade in the room. Oh. Uh, we we're doing house okay. to house. He was good for a year. Yeah, we're going house to house. Uh. And guy pops up, you know, says something in Arabic, and I go, put two in his head. He drops the grenade. I'm front, and I turn around and you know, yell grenade, and we both turn around. And as he runs out the door, the door, he kicks the door behind him. <laughs> so, and I in dead run, move and go through the window. At dawn, on Saturday, October 16th, Sean St. Sin of Roundhouse Productions gave a pre-exercise briefing. You ready to play some airsoft? Yeah! All right, cool. Those that were here yesterday saw a lot of setting up going on. Those who just showed this morning, Cinder knocked down the gate before I had a chance to get it open. Um, I appreciate that, on time and early. Beat staff out, that was pretty cool. Usually staff's here earlier. Um, Welcome to the second Red Rain, the third AI-500. Um, we got ourselves a good game. Calling your hits here. We all understand how that works. You get hit. We all carrying red rags? Yep. Good. Why are we carrying these red rags? The reason being, if I was playing today, unfortunately I won't be joining you in the game, but if I was playing today, I like to carry my RPK around. When I pull a trigger on my 3,000 round drum mag, two things happen. One, I can't hear anything over the, t the noise of the gun firing. Two, I start laughing uncontrollably. <laughs> Both of those things combined, I rarely see someone screaming at me. I don't, don't see, I shouldn't say that. I don't hear them screaming at me. I normally see somebody hunker down and get tight and tight and tight and tight into a ball as I hit them. I just think I haven't hit them yet. So. In the effort to make sure that someone like me is out on the field is shooting at you and you don't want to get shot anymore, those red rags are beautiful. Pull them out, put them up in the air. There's GP-10s, command post trailers, tank traps. Sorry, <coughs> tank didn't make it actually. We were almost there. Um, mortar tubes that function that each team gets. There's a bunch of different modifiers out here that we don't normally pull out. 
C4 charges, a whole group of civilian role players. The opposing forces battled for several hours before breaking for lunch. Before resuming the exercise on Saturday afternoon, Sean St. Sin provided a scoring update. You had points for establishing your fobs. Done, both teams. You had points for uh, destroying the enemy fob. Red team got that one. Recover the recon team alive. Blue team got that one. Recover the recon team equipment left behind in case they were all killed. Red team got that one. Blue team got the points because it was already included in there. Establish your ammo depot. Both teams did that. Destroy enemy ammo depot. Nobody did that. Guard your combo stations. Both teams accomplished that. Destroy enemy combo stations. Nope. No teams did that. Kill cards. Blue forces, American, Canadian, and British, only collected three intel cards, totaling 15 points. Russians collected six. And Chinese, I should say. Russian and Chinese. So right at this point, Russians advantage. It's getting, it's getting, it's going to be pretty ugly at this point. And then civilians got caught into the mix. Americans killed five. What? We killed five what? Americans. Americans killed civilians, yes. Russians killed... Nine. So the fight went from being this advantage to holy crap, something's happened here. As it stands right now, there was a potential of about a hundred points in the first stop. The Russians started off with, or was at with all their objectives completed, seventy points. The Americans were up to forty-five. <laughs> then we factored in the uh, civilian deaths. Russians had seven points remaining. <laughs> Americans, ten. Yeah. During the afternoon of October sixteenth, the opposing forces continued to battle over the twenty-two-acre battlefield, engaging in house-to-house -house fighting. Okay, we're taking fire. From where? Yeah, no, it's oh, all in. There there is it from the building or from the... Uh, guy, I got him! Surrender! I heard you get some... Surrender! I, I already, he got me. Surrender. I'm already dead. I got him, so... Yep. <laughs> you have an intel card on Intel card? Brent, you want to come here? I got a grenade. You want me to throw it over there? I got one, too. So you know what we're going to do, right? No. But he's one gun. He's we got one, two, and he's running the shoot down here. Yeah. Because we're going to have to turn around and face this building. And I don't want to get shot in the back when I do that. He's going to shoot he's in here. Got it. There's an open door right here. All right. Saturday provided for a long day of milsim action. And when the players returned from the evening dinner break for the night op, the ranks of both forces had dwindled measurably. Still, the game's organizers made necessary adjustments okay, so and forged ahead with the night game. Real quick to settle down the, oh my, there's a huge imbalance. As most of you that have played out here know, there's a very easy way for us to get past that. We usually put one team on a very stronghold defensive position, then let the other team crash upon them. With activity taking place in darkness, in and around dilapidating structures, safety factored heavily into the organizers' instructions. Tonight, Safety is our biggest concern. You could twist an ankle out here during the daytime. You possibly could break something here at night. We have marked out a number of areas with glow sticks, tap lights, uh, solar lights, 
Some that are little red, red ones, some that are white ones. Some are blinky red lights. Anywhere you find a light that isn't being carried by yourself or looks like a flashlight, you don't move it. Don't step on it. Don't shoot it. Because we put it in those places for safety reasons. One person is firing on a corner, stays very quiet, sees somebody and fires again. Someone else had figured out that they were there and turns the corner at the same time, walks into a stream of BBs. A buddy of mine a few years ago lost, what, two molars? Molars. Okay. Fault of nobody. He turned the corner not knowing the guy was there. The other guy pulled the trigger at the same time. He took a mouthful of BBs. All right. I want you to be very careful. Those close engagements are really killer. If you decide to be a little ninja out here tonight and hide in the darkness and let somebody sneak in, if you put a muzzle to that person's skull or neck or back, that's the last time you'll be here. Safety equipment right. combined with the player's disciplined cool behavior areas. contributed to an event with no major injuries. One avid player from the Blue Force, Josh, recounted his experience in the night game the next morning. Last night's night game, second level of one of the buildings, kind of poking my head out of one of the windows, and Monkey, who is one of the techs over AEX in Santa Clara, has his MVGs, and he sees, he sees me, takes two shots, hits the glass in my um, bobster glasses, like one lower frame run right in the center of the glass, and there's no indentation whatsoever. The relatively rare... Dental injuries can be serious, not to mention expensive, as Canadian team member can attest. It's gone. It's a, it's a crown. You can see it's chipped on the bottom there. How much did it cost, if I can ask? A thousand bucks? He said, wow. That's not from You have? I, I forgot your name again. David. David, which one? the front uh, taken out. Actually, I'm missing one right now from Airsoft. From Airsoft. Uh -huh. Thankfully, there were no such injuries in this game. And though there are many options available to the Airsoft player for lower face and dental protection, we witnessed actually very few players wearing it. Sunday morning, the last segment of the weekend's play, was dampened by a light rain that settled in from the nearby Pacific Ocean. I like this weather. I've always, I've always enjoyed my games in the rain far more than any other game in the sun that we've ever had. Some of the best things we've ever done out here was in torrential downpours coming off the ocean there. At the morning briefing, organizer Sean St. Sin recalled some highlights of the previous day. Oh, by the way, those mortars? <laughs> you guys got hit a couple of times. You guys got hit like four times. <laughs> I watched Yvonne, best point in, my, in the game yesterday. They were committed to the position. You guys are closing in on their CP. It was the last 10 minutes of the game. I was counting out a timer at the FOB. I'd walked back with four minutes left. She'd been hit. She was waiting for the Meditor. She's on her back, laying down there. There's fire coming over top of that little berm there. She's like, heal me up. So they wrapped her up in her arm. She reached up to the toe. She's like, Sean, how much time I got left? I'm like, you got about 60 seconds. She's like, perfect. She hits the mortar tube with her toe, firing it. It goes up and over the roof line of the building and hits the next building. There was about 10 guys in there that I went and cleared out. I swear to you, she was a sniper with that mortar. <laughs> that was impressive. On her back with her toe, firing over top of a building. I'm like, oh, you missed. She's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> Like I hit the building I was going for, and sure she did. Civilians had broken rules of engagement, though there was one point where they were marching around in group, 
protesting, and it's always that dumb the back that throws the rock that gets the whole group dumb. The dumb the back pulled the grenade out and threw it, and they mowed down the whole crowd. I was talking to one of the guys who did it, and he's like, no, Pim, they threw a grenade from the back. I was justified, I said, oh, for the one guy. You know? So that was where like six of them came in at once. So... Got that one guy though. Yeah, you got that one guy. Got that one guy. Saint Sin provided a summary of injuries occurring during this year's event. The eyes and teeth. We've actually at the AI 500s, we have not seen a single one, uh, one based off our, our requirement and rules for our goggles, full seal. Um, there have been no injuries to eyes, and for teeth, we really strongly recommend either boxing mouth guards or shemag, something to cover uh, teeth up. We've had zero injuries. It was evident throughout the weekend that the participants were all very pleased with the game, and many voiced the opinion as they headed to their cars that they intended to return for Red Rain 3 in 2011. Oh, and by the way, there was a winner to this year's event. Spartan Imports Incorporated is one of North America's largest distributors of premium quality airsoft products for military training and recreational purposes. Our major product lines have full warranties, and we offer comprehensive in-house, dealer, and consumer technical support. Among the many brands and items we carry, Spartan Imports is the exclusive distributor of Magpul licensed PTS, airsoft products, classic army and javelin brands of airsoft guns, and amp tactical and mag brands of high-quality airsoft and recreational shooting optics and accessories. Thank you for listening to this, our maiden voyage for the Airsoft Medicine Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it and that you'll come back again. We do encourage everybody to subscribe, either through iTunes or whatever aggregator you use. And if you do, please do rate us there. And until next time, this is Dr. Airsoft and Rangemaster Larry telling all of our listeners to play safely. Yeah.